there's some tremendous times that you have that you connect with different people, and that, and as Bruce is talking, of course, Bruce is one of them. I, I actually told him, I says, if I ever have the opportunity to go over to Africa or any any place overseas, which I've been to quite a few places over there, uh, the only one I want to go with is Bruce. <laughs> Uh, his servant's heart and just the love he has for Jesus and and uh, you know I've been I've been um, a pastor where I I was kind of over the a group of interns going over there and I'm 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 not physically capable anymore of chasing attitudes through the jungle <laughs> and trying to keep them from being killed um, <laughs> but uh, but Bruce and I we were over over in Africa over there in, in Nigeria and it was a glorious time we were. Uh, matter of fact, it was a time where where um, we had we had eight armed guards that was given to us by the country that were sanctioned, just like uh, the Philippian jailer. If something happens to them, we're coming after you, kind of thing is what the country was saying to those guards. They had machine guns, and and uh, that was the last time we were over there. The machine guns and two, they had two uh, vicious guard dogs that didn't even like the cops that were with them. You know, I mean, uh, uh, these dogs were just just uh, totally vicious dogs. And uh, we we traveled with uh, with everybody there, and it was uh, it was just really a, a, a an incredible time. I don't know what that is. Is that does that me? I sometimes I make noises that I, I, I it's kind of funny. Um, but anyway, we we had that time over there, and it was just a a wonderful wonderful time. And and um, I would I would go anywhere around the world with this man, anywhere. So. Amen. Thank you, guys. And let's have a word of prayer together, and we'll we'll get into this uh, this word. And and uh, and uh, it's kind of one hour martinizing. We'll be in and out an hour, <laughs> and we'll be clean. Amen. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your anointing. We thank you for your your wonderful presence and and for your great people, Father. I'm sitting and and, and standing right here in front of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a purchased people to show forth the praise of you who called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. God, I, I, I feel honored in, uh, to be able to come to this church and, and be able to minister for the past 16 years like this and be invited and, and, uh, and loved so much by this congregation. Uh, I just thank you for that, Lord. Just bless this people just wholeheartedly today, we pray, and let the word of God just sink into our spirit and our heart our attitudes. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen. amen. I, want, I want to speak to you about a, a, a subject today. I don't know. I had glasses when I came here. Did I have them somewhere? Um, they were there. Uh, some. Oh, they're underneath the chair there. Can I get those, Bruce? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, want to, I want to speak to you about something. I'll, 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 you'll know what I'm speaking about when I ask you this question. I'm going to ask you a question. So I want you to really think about this, all right? Are we missing out on the joy of the Lord and the benefits that it brings to us daily? Are we missing out? Let me ask you the second question. On a scale from 1 to 10, how joyful are you right now? You know, I, I, I really feel, felt a necessity to speak about the joy of the Lord because we're living in a time right now where there's so many distractions that this is one of the things that... Uh, that the devil definitely wants to distract us, the joy of the Lord, the, 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 the real hardcore joy of the Lord that comes to us, that he says uh, fills us, actually, and uh, uh, he's coming to distract us from that thing. I remember seeing uh, um, 
They had, used to have a leadership magazine that we used to get. Remember leadership magazine? They had some of the best cartoons in it that you ever want to see. Okay? And they had this little lady there, and she had her purse. Little elderly lady, she had her purse. She was holding it like this, and she was looking out, and there was another lady standing over next to her, and there was the devil laying on the floor with, like, you know, things coming over his head where he was just, he just got beat up, you know, the devil. One of his horns were broken, you know, <laughs> and he's laying there, and the little elderly lady says to the other one, he tried to steal my joy. <laughs> <laughs> she just nailed him, nailed him for it. So that cartoon really spoke to my heart like, man, you know, uh, we allow the enemy to steal what's most important to you and I in our lives. The Bible says, L- listen to this. I mean, this, this is so hardcore and it's so simple. He says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So therefore, if we're walking with the lack of joy of the Lord in our life, not just the happiness about being able to come to church or whatever, you know, that, that's great. But, but the, this joy we're talking about goes deeper than a happiness. Happiness could be for a, a momentary type thing. But the joy of the Lord needs to, needs to fill us. I mean, this is the, uh, and the joy that I'm talking about is measurable in your and my life. We can measure, actually measure this in us. And how much joy do we walk in on, on a daily basis? Or do we miss a lot of the, uh, uh, the, the joyful things that, uh, uh, things that could bring us joy? I, I, I'm, I'll uh, uh, get to some of these things in a little bit, but let, let, me, let me read some Scripture for you. I'm going to go to Hebrews. you got your Bible, please go to Hebrews chapter 12. And this is well-known verses of Scripture. It's nothing, nothing it's, this isn't like rocket science, you know. I, I, uh, I just uh, looked at this, but... Uh, uh, there are certain things uh, it says here in Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1 through 3. Uh, it says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us, they call this, this, this chapter the salad chapter because there's a lot of lettuce in it. Yeah, yeah, let us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who, uh, who has endured such hostilities from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls, or the King James says, in your mind. Um, one of the things I want to go, go back to is, is let, lay aside every weight and the sin. So there's something, uh, there's two different designations here. There's a weight and there's a sin. One, the weight is an encumbrance. It's an encumbrance. A weight in your life could be like debt, a lot of debt. You know, uh, uh, this is, a, this is a, a real hindrance. It's a hindrance to joy. It's a hindrance to being happy, being, being, being uh, you know, delighted about your Christian life even because you, you've got all this uh, stuff hanging over you. And so the, 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 the uh, I ideal thing is to get ourselves into a place where we're out of that situation. We can get it. I remember my wife coming to me, and this, this is the true story. My wife came to me several years back, several years, matter of fact, probably, probably 15 years ago or something like that. She came back and she says, Jack, she says, if we pay off our credit cards, if we pay our credit cards off at, a, at, at the payment that they're asking, it's going to take us 360 years. Now, she's an accountant, 360 years to pay off the credit cards. Huh? You know, we should say, well, hey, I don't care. I'll be dead. <laughs> you know, no, 360 years to pay these credit cards off. This is, this is, this is debt, man. Because when we, went, when we moved from church to church, you know, I've been an associate pastor uh, eight different times in seven different churches and pastor, pastored a church for 10 years, uh, you know, being a senior pastor for 10 years. And so all these things had, had uh, monetary things that were connected to them. You know, and so 
So we, we went into debt. We had to rent cars. And when, when I was uh, preaching out in the, in the, in the in, it's either I walked to a meeting, I walked from Sacramento to Modesto or something like that to preach, uh, or else I rent a car to get there. And then when you get there and preach, the car costs you $400. They give you $250 offering. So somewhere along the line, you're going downhill here, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, the Bible says that he's never seen a, a, a God's people out begging for bread or anything like that, you know. So uh, we're, we're saying, hey, we've we got to do something about this. So now, right now, we don't have credit cards. We're, we, 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 that thing is taken care of. So, you know, it's just a... Uh, but you have to work at this kind of thing, you know. We, I have a, a, you know, other things that could steal my joy besides credit card debt. And I don't want to linger on that credit card debt thing. But anyway, uh, uh, it, it says, and the sin that so easily besets us, let you be weary and faint in your mind. You know, uh, are we concerned with our mental health? Am I concerned with my mental health? Am I concerned the way uh, how healthy my mind is? And, and, and one of the things is, is, to, is to be weary and faint in your mind. To be weary and faint. And, and uh, um, the, the, the word for endure there uh, is an interesting word, too, you know, where he says he endured such hostility against sinners, lest you be weary and faint. The word endure is, is to remain or to undergo, to bear, to, to, to abide, to abide, to suffer. These kind of things are all connected with it, you know. Anxiety itself, which is a running, runs rampant in our society. Anxiety. And it touches a lot of people. It may be touching people right here in this meeting. I know we have it in our family, too, uh, 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 the anxiety. There's people who get anxiety attacks. I have a niece, uh, 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 a brother-in-law. Uh, uh, you know, they, 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 they suffer with this thing. And you know, it's kept my brother-in-law down one time for two years. These are Christian people. And so, you know, I, I'm... I'm I'm zeroing in on the joy of the Lord that we really need to have this wonderful, wonderful joy of, of, of Jesus in our life that he talks about in the Scripture. And how to get it and maintain that joy is, is something I want to tell you about in the next, uh, next few minutes. But let me just, let, just talk about this for a little bit. Unless you be weary and faint in your mind, you know. Uh, uh, Psalm 16, or, or excuse me, the anxiety is a state. Let, listen to this wording. Now, now we don't, some of us as, as Christians don't care for some of this wording that's going to happen. But this is the definition of it. It says this. It's a state of apprehension, or listen to this one now, psychic tension found in most forms of mental disorder. That's what anxiety is. Psychic tension. Man, we don't want to live with that kind of stuff. We don't want to, we don't want to live with, with, with an apprehensiveness that everything's going to go wrong and fall apart on you right now, you know, kind of thing. We, we need the hope from God, and that the joy of the Lord uh, brings us tremendous hope in your and my life. Uh, Psalm 16 and verse 11. Uh, you will show me the path of life, the Scripture says. Listen to what David writes. In your presence is a fullness of joy. Now, this is one of the things that I'm seeing in the Scripture when I was putting this message together, that there, there are so many different areas that it talks about fullness of joy. Not just a little bit of joy or, 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 or get you by joy, but a fullness of joy, a joy that, that is, that, that's totally full, joy unspeakable, full of glory we're talking about. I mean, this is the kind of joy that God has in mind for you and I to walk in. I, I'm, I'm seeing a few heads go. And I trust that you're just being quiet because this is maybe making some, some headway here. 
I know, I'm just not, please, when, when I come here and preach to you, I'm not coming here as the all authority on everything that I'm speaking about. I'm coming here, uh, of course, when I preached on attitude, I'm an expert on that. But you know, we all have, you know, I'm preaching to, you know, it's bouncing off that back wall coming back in my head. You know, uh, so we really need to see that, that the joy of the Lord, if, if it's our strength, and, and how strong am I? How, how, how much strength do I have in God to do the things that God has called me to do? Because it does take strength to do the things that God has called us to do. It just doesn't come natural. And we need to get ourselves from a place Listen, I, I, need, I need to get myself from a place of having to do this for God to I get to do this for God. And that, that's, a, that's a big step. And a lot of us, you know, I mean, our prayer life, our reading, our, our, our devotional, man, oh, I got to do devotion, man, I, you know, I got to do that, you know. And, and pretty soon it becomes like, 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 like uh, we have so many other things going that we can put ourselves in, whether it's job-related or whatever it is, and, and we can very easily just let the devotion go. Am I, am I saying something right or wrong here? Because I'm, I'm speaking from, from experience. I'm not, I just didn't hear this message from somebody else. I'm speaking from experience, and I know as I go and travel to the different churches that the joy of the Lord has been lost. It's almost like a lost art in some people's lives. We need to recapture this joy. We need to recapture that goodness and that greatness of God. Some of the scriptures that were read by the people and or exhortations by the people this morning were nothing but putting God in the light that, man, you cannot go wrong with Jesus. And we have to do more than just say those things. We have to begin to participate and practice in those things where, man, we can walk downtown, man, and we are walking in this fullness of joy. You know, I'd like to have people come up to me and say things to this, like this to me. You know your problem, Pastor Jack? You're full of joy. You're just full of it, man. Instead of some of the other things that they could put in there. I mean, you know, uh, I would much rather have people tell me I'm full of joy. I couldn't be proud of my daughter once. I probably told you the story here five times because I preach everything that I know five or six times here. Come in 16 years, I mean, come on. My daughter, Sherry, one time came home from school. She says, Dad, something happened to me in school today that really was, uh, I don't know if you remember this story, it was really uh, remarkable. She says, I, I wasn't ready for it. I didn't know what, how, why it happened or how it happened or anything, but it did happen. Sherry was sitting in her class, minding her own, like a typing class or something, minding her own business, and, and, and uh, some runner came from the principal's office and says, uh, uh, whispered something to the teacher, and the teacher says, Sherry, Sherry, would you go with him? And uh, the principal wants to see you. You know, when the principal wants to see you, it's almost like, you know, you never think it's like, hey, man, good job. You know, uh, you know it's always like, man, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that kind of thing. So she goes, and, and she's wondering what's going on. They bypass the principal's office, and they go to this, this room. There's, there's police officers out there, there's the school counselor, the principal's there, the vice principal. Everybody's there at the, at the doorway of this room. And Sherry's looking, and she's like a fish out of water now because she has no idea what she's doing there. She has no idea. It's like, it's like Isaiah when he was in heaven, you know. I know what the angels are doing, you know. Glory, glory, glory. I know this. I know the sea of glass. I know that the thunder is beyond the throne. What am I doing here? You know, that kind of thing. That's what Isaiah. You can read it in chapter 6. 
And she's standing out there, and all of a sudden, the principal comes over and says, Sherry, we need your help. She goes, really? She said, well, what? He says, there's a girl in there named Heidi. I don't know if you know her or not. Do you know uh, Heidi? And Sherry says, I don't know. I, 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 maybe I know her to see her. And there's a girl in there, Heidi, and she's having some real difficulties mentally and everything else, and she's got a handful of drugs, and she's going to take these drugs. She says she's going to do it because she's on the, she's on the verge there, and we don't want to storm the room or anything. I mean, you know, she's going to, she, she will take these drugs. We're, we're convinced of that. And she says, well, what, what do you want me to do? She says, she, she asked for you. My little daughter, my little five-foot-two Sherry, opens the door and approaches, walks in. Heidi, yeah. She sits down with Heidi, and they got to talking. Sherry finally gets to the question. Why, why me, Heidi? Why did you call me? She says, because every time I see you in the hallways with your friends, with people, you're always laughing. And you, if you know my daughter, she laughs at everything. And loud. And she says, you're always happy, Sherry. How do I get there? How do I get that? This what you, I could, if Sherry came home and says, Dad, I raised ten lepers you know, today and a dead guy. You know, I couldn't be more proud of her. And she came home and told me the story. Of course, everything turned out where they came out, got the drugs, you know, Heidi was okay. It come, it come to where Heidi, her family was moving away. All of her friends were there. She didn't want to go because all of her friends were there. It's a t- typical teenage type situation that is very, very difficult for a teenager. But that, that's the joy of the Lord I'm talking about. That joy where it's requested of you. Uh, people look at your life and they, 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 they see something different. They don't see something because you have this handle on the scripture. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul. Ah! Bow down. You know, uh, that really works. That's like, a, that's like a farmer going in the field with a bag of seed and a hammer. <laughs> Here's one. You'll grow. Guys, this needs to be a major part of our life. He's talking about a fullness of joy in the scripture. He's talking about a joy that is so full, you can't get any more in you. And this goes scripture after scripture. We'll, 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 uh, let me get this introduction finished, and then we'll go from there. But uh, uh, our ministry, our, our, our job needs to be, have a sense of fulfillment. But our joy, uh, the joy that I'm talking about, really needs to come from God in our life. This can't come from like some circumstances it just makes you happy. I have a surprise birthday party for me. I have a happiness that goes on for a little bit until I realize that I'm 73. And kind of the joy flees me at that moment, you know. You know, 73 candles on the cake. Blink, blink, two eyes pop out. Help me out here, will you? Little happiness, but hey, man, the joy just kind of left the scene. God's joy doesn't want to leave the scene in you and I. God's joy wants to be the predominant factor there because the joy of the Lord is our strength. If we're going to do anything that takes really fortitude for God, there has to be joy involved. 
It's a must. It's a must. John 15, verse 11. These things I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. Come on, that's what he's talking about. See, that my joy, my joy might come to you and that your joy, man, it just automatically fills right up. Your meter goes right up to the top. And we need to learn how to really maintain this type of joy. I, I, you know, we're not always probably going to walk in this total fullness of joy, but man, we can't lose this. Some people lose it all altogether. There's not an ounce of joy in them. And therefore, the strength is waned. It's gone. As we go on here, we, we, uh, you know, uh, there, there's so, uh, so many things that, that, that is connected to this. You know, how important is the joy of the Lord in our personal lives? You know, our, our personal life, what, what brings joy? We just, had, we just had three of our grandchildren graduate high school this year. And we had two new grandchildren come on the scene this year, and one that came on the scene about two and a half years ago. So, so now we have three brand new grandchildren that are coming up. And, and, and one of them, you talk about joy? I told my son when he got married, my son married a lady with four children. So I told Dave, you're going to have another kid. You know why? Because the Willis name stops here. And if you don't have a little boy, and I don't care, if you pop out girls, you're going to have a kid until you have a boy. (laughs) So you need to just reserve yourself to this fact. I realize you got four kids right now, but... mm, that's your problem. <laughs> You're going to have a boy. You've got to, David. So here comes little Jackson Taylor Willis. J-A-X-O-N, too. Jackson Taylor Willis, man, comes on the scene. Just He's born on 9-11. His dad's born 9-10. Missed it by one day, but, uh, you know, we'll never forget his birthday, that's for sure. Little Jackson came, and now we got little Colton. Colton David. Jillings. Colton. C-O-L-T-E-N. We call him Colt. <laughs> Just a great little kid. He's a little over two weeks old. And so we've got the, we got this. You talk about joy. But with Jackson, Jackson brought a whole new joy to the family because the Willis name will go on with Jackson. The Willis name continues. And this, this is something that is a God-given situation to me. And this is something that really filled us with the, with the joy. This boy isn't just a cute little kid. This boy is a future for our family. This boy, God, has put his hand down to bring this boy forth. My son could have said, Dad, I got four kids. I'm not going to go any further than this, man. But... I kept telling him now, a backup won't hurt either, buddy. I'll tell you that. You know, so anyway, <laughs> the joy of the Lord, though, man. God wants to fill this. He wants the one. I want to look at that little kid, and all of a sudden, I don't just say, "Hey, man, what's he doing now?" You know, I want to. I want to feel that infilling of God's holy presence, and just like, "Wow, man!" <laughs> Dave called me. He says, "Dad," he said, "Grandpa." Now, I doubt if he did, because, you know, it's just like, you know, that's, I'll take it. (laughs) Yes, he did. He said, Grandpa, praise the Lord. (laughs) You know, nobody else heard it, but I did. (laughs) 
the joy of the Lord. Man, God puts these things in our life. And, and, and the Bible even goes as far as to say, hey, uh, 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 Psalm 20, uh, 127, verses 3 through 5, it talks about some guy having his quiver full of these things I'm talking about, man. And that when he has his quiver full of these things, how it's not very difficult for him to go into the gate and talk to the other elders because he's happy to do it, because his quiver is filled with this joy. It's filled with, I'm not, I'm not telling you to go out and have 20 kids. I'm, I'm really not telling you that here in this meeting, okay? There's other things that happen to us that bring joy too. But I'm telling you my side of the story. When you stand up here and preach, you might have your side of the story where you say, hey man, God just fill me with this tremendous joy. And we look, we look in, in, in Deuteronomy, you know, and, and, and there's, there's some really... I, I can't go into it because of time factor, but, but Deuteronomy 28, if you're taking notes, 38 through 47 is, 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 is just where I jumped in. And it talks about how, how we're, we're not going to enjoy the things that we have. And it goes on, this, this list is a, 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 just a sad list, I mean, of stuff, you know. Uh, people are going to take over, you're going to be serving people that should be, you, uh, should be uh, you know, uh, not uh, over you. And, and it just goes on and on and on. I, I, I don't even want to try to get into detail on it. But the last, the last phrase that it says here in verse 48 there, or 47, it says, if you want to be successful or, or have it be a success or be successful, then you must serve the Lord. Listen to this. He says, all things happen to you. All these things up above in these scriptures happen to you because you didn't serve the Lord with joy and gladness. Now, thank God for Jesus that he came. We should rejoice. Every time we see a Jesus scripture, man, you know, uh, we should, oh, yeah, man. Not just be happy that he saved us, but be happy that the joy of the Lord has come through that avenue to you and I that we don't have to, you know, uh, this thing is fulfilled in us. Some of these things are very severe. He says, man, you want, you, want to, you want to be successful? You want to have a successful ministry, a successful household, a successful family, a successful co- community, a successful church? Serve the Lord with joy and gladness. This is just not a little bit of happiness now and then. Just not a little stand in the worship service going, whoo, hey, thank you, Jesus. Ooh. This is talking about a fullness. You know, that's real sobering, that, that scripture in Deuteronomy, you know. Uh, but you know, jo- joy can also mean delight. Nehemiah 8.10, if you're looking for the scripture, the joy of the Lord is our strength, that's, that's there. But delight, listen, Psalm 37, verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desire of your heart. Delight in the Hebrew, here's, here's what it means. It means to, to be soft and pliable in the hand of the Lord. That's what that means, Delight. When you're delighted in God, that means that you are soft and pliable in the hand of God. So therefore, it's easy for God to fill you and I as a vessel with his joy if we're that pliable in his hand. Delighting yourself in the Lord. Uh, Delight in the dictionary is to receive great pleasure in. Delight is a more permanent pleasure. A more permanent pleasure. It's not dependent on sudden excitement like a pep rally or something that brings like, uh, whoa, incites you. We need to walk in this kind of joy. This is the kind of joy that God is calling us to. It's the kind of joy that he's calling us to. Ephesians 2 and verses 1 through 10, 
says this. It says in verse, especially verse 5 and 6, you can read 1 through 10. I, I'm not going to go there uh, because there's so many verses of Scripture, but they're all just fantastic. But here's two that you'll recognize. You'll recognize these, and, and, and we, need to, we need to participate in these. Not just recognize them, but participate. Listen to what it says in verses 5 and 6. Even when we were dead in trespasses and sin, he made us alive together. I like this word because you're going to see it three times in this particular area of Scripture. Alive together with Christ, by grace you are saved, and he raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This joy he's talking about that fills us is available to everybody. It's not just one or two people who kind of like are happy all the time. It's available to our whole congregation. This is God's availability of this wonderful, wonderful presence. In, in His presence, listen to this. The Bible says in, in Psalms, in His presence is a fullness of joy. And at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I mean, these kind of scriptures have to count. They have to count when, we're the, when, the, when, the, when the screws are being turned down and you're in my life. And the joy is trying to be wrenched out of us. And we, we, we feel like that little lady with the purse, man. I'm not going to let them take this. I'm going to knock him out, break one of his horns. <laughs> you know, guys, this is, this, is, this is God's plan for you and I, to walk in that kind of joy. Psalm, Psalm uh, 30, verse, uh, the first part of, or second part of verse 5, it's weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I mean, there's going to be times where you are devastated by something, but the presence of that joy is coming. It's there. It's available. It's not like it's never going to come to you again. You'll have to grieve, maybe, for a little bit. Isaiah 35, verse 10, King James Version, it says this, And the ransom of the Lord will return and come to Zion and, uh, with songs of everlasting joy. I mean, man, the joy is like it never ends here. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, or gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away, man. I mean, this, this is, these are great scriptures. We wrote songs about them in the 60s. We use these scriptures. I mean, these are, these are fantastic scriptures that God has laid out on this place saying, man, when, when I'm talking about my joy, I'm talking about you being so strong. You're happy about that, huh, Bruce? Dory. She's singing one of those songs from the 60s. Oh, she's singing it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return. I got my singing unto Zion, an everlasting joy shall be upon their head. Yeah, I remember now. <laughs> Isaiah 12, 3. Okay, more. I'm saying, Norm, we don't want to go back that far. <laughs> Psalm 126, 5 and 6. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Come on, listen to this. Those are so interested to reap in joy. There's always that presence of joy. There's always that joy there available to you and I. Always. I think we need to look for it a little bit more. I think we need to look for it when circumstances hit us. We're on that job site and something goes on and it's wrong and everything is just ah, going crazy. You know, God looks at that as an opportunity. We were watching that movie last night, 33, the 33. Does anybody ever see that? Where the men were trapped in Chile in the cave, 33 of them. They were down there for 72 days and they got everybody out. You know what the, the guy who was doing the drilling, first of all, when they were going, when they were drilling, trying to drill a line down there so they could communicate, see how many people were still alive down there? Every one of them got out. 
and they attribute it to God. And you know what the guy said, the driller, the, the driller, he goes, you know, the chance that we have to even contact them right now is less than 1%. And we're going, oh, man. And God's going, okay, all right, good. Hey, no problem. See, because God is, it's a whole different situation here. And when we have the fullness of joy, I'm putting my joy in you that your joy might be full, that your joy and my joy might come together and be explosive. Nonstop. Man, that's the kind of strength we want to, you know, we're, we're, we're as Christians, we say, I'd like to experience that kind of strength just once in my Christian life. No. We need to move to walk in that kind of joy. To walk in that kind of strength. Man, when you're that strong, other people can't help but take the strength off of you and receive that strength from you. But it also says in Deuteronomy, always go to battle with those that have faith because if you don't, they're going to rob you of your faith. You're going to just go down the tube. So if we're connected with a lot of unjoyful people, we're setting ourselves up. We're setting ourselves up. Maybe we should just have, instead of have game night at our, in our families, we should have joy nights where we just delight ourselves in each other. <laughs> just a thought. Isaiah 12, verse 3. Therefore with joy you shall draw water from the wells of salvation. This is like having joy in the bank. You need some joy, throw a bucket in, pull it out, man, you got it. Come on, draw it from the wells of our salvation. That means looking back to when Jesus really made the difference in our life, and we go, whoa, I remember that time. Ah! And we're sucking it in, man. Because that was one of the greatest moments of year in my life. And that was one of the greatest moments for the community that you serve in, that you, that you live in, too. Because you got saved. Nobody would have even thought that that woman at the well would have made a positive impact in Samaria. Nobody would have even thought that. But she goes to that well after Jesus touches her, and she goes to town. People glaring at her. He broke up my family. I'll kill you. You know, people just glaring at her. The devil running down to town with her, going, "Where are you going, sis?" You think you're going to make an impact down here? People want to kill you. They want to stone you. You're lucky he doesn't stone you when you come in the marketplace. Some of them women down there, they see you, they're going to kill you. She, had, she, she broke up families in that town. She had five husbands. The one she was living with now wasn't her own. She goes downtown, says what she does. People come up to the well. Two, three days, they're coming up to that well. Jesus ministering to them. Then you go way down from John 4 to Acts chapter 8. And you see where Philip the Evangelist came to Samaria and they received the word of God and healing and deliverance with great joy hit that city. Who do you think seeded that revival for Philip? I would probably say the lady, we don't even know her name over there in chapter 4. Guys, let's be involved in the joy. If, 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 you, if you don't feel like you're a reaper in the, in the kingdom of God, then men, every one of us are sowers and waterers. 
You want other people to reap? You're going to re- receive the reward anyway. Even if they're reaping, you don't, even, you don't even say anything to them. But when you water and you sow into people's lives, I do more sowing and watering than I do reaping. And I reap a lot. But when I'm passing out my cards, I'm telling people about Christ all the time, man. I'm having people ask me for the word of God. I'm having, because it's just, it's, just, it's just a tool. But you're sowing. You're sowing. You're sowing. You're watering people's lives. And pretty soon that wonderful joy of the Lord. And, 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 and the joy in the, that God gives to us, the fullness of joy, is that, that, that we receive the reward where everybody gets the same. So many times you're going to Starbucks or something like that, and I'm sitting there, and I got a card in my hand to pass to the window, and my wife will say, I'll give it. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> she wants to, you know, she gets a reward too, man. <laughs> well, we got to start, start putting things in, man. That joy comes to, I mean, I, 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 I got just a couple more minutes, a couple more minutes. Uh, Romans 4, 14 and verse 17, listen to this. It's part of the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy. The kingdom of God. You want to see, have people see the kingdom of God in you? You have to have joy. Righteousness, peace, joy. These are, these are, these are common denominators in the, in, the, in the kingdom of God. God gives us joy in times of tribulation. I, 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 like I say, if you're writing down, you be quick. Famine, Habakkuk uh, 3, 17 and 18. Persecution, uh, Acts 4, verse 5. Uh, Acts 5, verse 4. Uh, loss of property, Hebrews 10, verse 34. Fiery trials, 1 Peter 4, verses 12 and 13. Afflictions, uh, uh, Psalm 119, verse 143. I mean, God, God puts the joy in times of these tribulations that we have. The joy is there. Joy can affect our appearance and our health. Proverbs 15, 13. Uh, uh, a merry heart makes a, makes a cheerful countenance. Proverbs 15, 15. A merry heart is a continual feast. Proverbs 15, 25. A good word makes the heart glad. Proverbs 17, verse 22. A merry heart uh, does good like a medicine. I mean, he's trying to say something to us. If we're walking in the doldrums, we're walking down in some place where God, we don't know if we're going to get out, get out of it. Let's go back to that joy of the Lord. The joy is for us. Okay, I'm going to go quickly here, okay? I got, I got two minutes. No, I got two minutes. Somebody instructed me that. I, I, I like to listen. I like to be, be right. If you believe that, I got a bridge I'd like to sell you. It's in Brooklyn, but God would love to change our mindset. And I said this before, from having to do things for him to getting to do things for him. To being desirous of doing things for God. I can't wait to meet the next person that comes my way. I can't wait to see him. Understanding, but well, let me let me say this: reading, understanding, and doing God's word produces joy. There's some major ways of obtaining and ma- and and maintaining joy in your and my life. Now, here's here's the part where it comes: we need to allow God to change our perspective on having to do it. 
I have to read the Bible. I have to, you know, understand. I have to try to understand. Have to, have to, have to. No, we get, we get to. We get to, oh, man, I can't wait to open the book the next time, man. It's like a refrigerator. Every time I open my refrigerator, a light goes on. You ever notice that? You don't ever have to grope for anything. Oh, well, where's, the, where's, the, where's, the, where's, the, where's the sausage? Oh, man, what is that? Ah. You, know, um, you know, you open the door. Click, light goes on. Open the book. Click, light goes on. Show you exactly where to go. Nehemiah 8, verses 10 through 12. When the people understood the word of the Lord that was given to them, they did exactly what it said, and it produced great, what? Joy. Joy. It produced great joy. These are, these are givens. These are things that, man, you want some joy in your life? Start doing some of this stuff. It's, 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 not, it's not rocket science either. Remember, uh, uh, you know, verse 10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Jeremiah 15, verses 15 and 16. Jeremiah said that the word of the Lord was in him, and, and, and uh, the word of the Lord was in him, and the joy and rejoicing of his heart was there. And Jeremiah, that was in verse 15, or, or chapter 15. But in, ver- in chapter 20, you find out where Jeremiah is so mad at God and so upset at what's going on in his own personal life that he says, I'll never speak God's name again. I'm never going to say the word Jehovah again. You'll never hear it come from these lips. But the word was so deep within my bones, like a burning fire, I couldn't shut up. That's joy, man. That's, that's, that, you know, when you look back at that, man, that's, that's God going, I'm not going to let you give up. You can try to backslide, but you're not going to do it right. I mean, this is God's perspective. Philip the evangelist went and preached great joy in that city, and that's where that woman came in. Number two thing is praising God produces joy. I'll, I'll go real quickly here. Uh, I, Isaiah 51, verse 11, it says, Therefore the redeemed of the Lord, we, we, we said that scripture, shall rejoice, come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. Isaiah 63, and verse 3, says, God gives us the garment of praise. Listen to this, man. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Praising God really produces a joy of the Lord in you that brings a fresh new strength to us that we don't even understand where it comes from. But we know down deep inside that it had to come from God because it's staying with me. Wow, a garment of praise. Uh, Psalm 22, verse 3, God inhabits the praises of his people. God inhabits the praises of his people. And in his presence is a fullness of what? All these things connect, folks. They really do. Remember Psalm 16 and verse 11, in God's presence there is a fullness of joy. Witnessing produces joy. Now, this is a great one. I I, I wish I could spend a, a, a couple hours on this particular one, tell you the truth. Seriously. Because I'm an evangelist. St. John 4, verses 34 through 38, Jesus said, He that sows and he that reaps may rejoice together. The Greek for, for rejoice in this scripture is cheerful, be glad, be joyful. Luke 15, verses 3 through, 3 through 7, talks about the parable of the hundred sheep. One went astray. He leaves, it, he leaves the, the, the 99, goes, finds the one, carries it back. Great rejoicing. Wow. So witnessing produces joy. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, prayer produces joy. Another one. Number four thing. Prayer produces joy. Isaiah 57, verses 4 through 7, says that God will make uh, his servants joyful in the house of prayer. So, I mean, it's like, 
let's see, what does that mean when you break it down in the Hebrew? Oh, he'll give us joy if we go to the house of prayer. I, I, it's pretty, pretty simple. Uh, Saint John, but this is how we maintain these things. And, and we've got to get to a place in our Christian walk where we're not having to do this stuff. We're getting to do it. And only God can change our heart in that. Isaiah 57, verses 4 and 7, they're about the house of the Lord. But John 16, verses 23 and 24, sums it up when it says, Ask and you shall receive that, the joy, that your joy may be full. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. There's simplicity in this whole thing. It really isn't hard to walk in the joy of the Lord if we do what God is saying. Faithfulness to God and his call in our life. This is five and the last one we'll go into. Faithfulness to God and his call in our lives produces joy. Faithfulness is that call of God. Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. To the good, to the good and faithful servant, you uh, have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter thou in to the joy of the Lord. God's interested in our joy because he's interested in our strength. And his church is supposed to be strong. And his people is supposed to be strong. Paul said on his way to prison, Acts 20 and verse 20, 22 to 24, that I might finish my course with joy. He's on his way to prison. And he's saying, I'm going to finish this course that God has me on with great joy. I'm not going out going, please save me from these bars. I'm going out going, man, dude. Psalm 51, verse 12, Restore to me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. This is from him, coming from a guy who was exiled and boiled in oil. Pretty neat, huh? First John, these things are right unto you that your joy may be full. Second John 2, that your joy may be full. John 15, 11, that your joy might be full. Full, 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 full. Wow. Okay. It says here over. So that, that's, that's, that's it. After this, we're done. Jesus, our greatest example of joy from the beginning to the end of his life. Luke 2, verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Jesus, before he's born, he's coming, which shall be to all people. Hebrews 12 and verse 8, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him to the end of his life, from the beginning to the end and everything in between, Jesus exampled the joy of the Lord. Back to Acts 20, verses 22 to 24, that I might finish my course, Paul says, with joy. Joy. 